630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Early in the second, no score, Coyotes and Jets. The Kraken leading the Sabres 4-1 late in the second period. And coming up later, Penguins and Flames. Penguins here on Wednesday to play the Oilers. 6 o'clock face-off show. Game will start at 8. Darren says, hey, Reed, is this the quickest turnaround for a GM being fired after having his team reach the Cup Finals the year before? The Canadians have lost a lot of players, but uh, I can't remember any GM being fired a season after a cup finals appearance. Uh, Darren, I, I can't either. I'd have to look it up. Some of you probably have better memories than I have, but yeah, obviously pretty quick. I mean, a quarter of the way into the season after they made the cup final. Craig says uh, the key to success is homegrown talent. I'm happy with the Oilers goaltending. The Eastern pundits don't think much of our goaltending, just like they didn't think much of our team prior to the start of this season. Craig goes on to say, I'm most excited about seeing what Dylan Holloway looks like, especially after seeing how Cole Caulfield did last year in the playoffs. I'm hoping for the uh, other guys to get back too, but we pretty much know what we've got with them. Yeah, Craig, good thoughts. Appreciate that. You know, I, I, uh, I've seen highlights of Holloway as I did with, of Caulfield, and then he played in the NHL. I, I know a lot of people who uh, scouted, well, I shouldn't say a lot. A few people I've talked to who scouted the the Wisconsin games said that uh, a lot of nights Holloway was was better than Caulfield. And uh, Eddie from Red Deer says, uh, I think the Oilers would be better off trying to get Gallagher from the Canadians. And he says, I know how much Bob Stoffer loves Gallagher. <laughs> LOL. And uh, before I get to Daniel on the phone line, this person writes in, Hi, Reed, sure, it would be nice to have Price, but if they ask for Broberg, I say thanks, but no thanks. Let's use Montreal as an example. They at one time had both McDonough and Sergachev in their systems, who both developed and looked pretty sharp with their Stanley Cup rings. Granted, Broberg has a small sample size, but I believe it's in your best interest uh, to not to trade away a potential stud defenseman. Or he says, oh, sorry, I don't believe it's in your best interest to trade away a potential stud defenseman. Yeah, fair comment. And we're going to have uh, Dave Tippett with some thoughts on Philip Broberg from after practice today in a couple of minutes. But I want to go to the Certainty Hotline and get Daniel on the show. Hey, Daniel, go ahead, my man. Hey, Reed, how's it going? Quite well. I want to say a few things. You know, other than the last two seasons, uh, who is the last real Vesna Trophy winning goalie to win a Stanley Cup other than Vasilevsky? You know well, what you mean? Like, like Braden Holtby won a cup. Uh, Matt Murray, the guy who just cleared waivers, he won a couple cups. Yeah, that's crazy, uh, eh? Corey Crawford, he also won a few cups. Uh, do we? How many cups has Carey Price won? He's been the best goalie for the last ten years, but he hasn't won a cup. So yeah, how 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 key how key is the goaltending position? You know, in the end, can. Can Mike Smith win a Stanley Cup in Edmonton? I think Mike Smith could win a Stanley Cup in Edmonton, absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's that's a fair comment. And last year was kind of unique because what all four final guys were uh, were Vesna guys. I mean, uh, obviously Jonathan Quick got a couple. Yeah, I mean, Crawford, yeah. interesting point about Crawford. Crawford was never considered one of the what what's the best way to i mean he because crawford was on the one olympic team wasn't he but i guess he was never considered 
one of the top five or six goalies in the league, but he would have been strongly in the second tier. Is that a fair comment on Crawford, or am I being too hard on it? I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you look at Luongo was always a top-tier guy. You know, he never got a sniff. It's uh, Honestly, I agree with that guy who said get Gallagher. You know, Gallagher is a plug. He's a spark plug. He, He brings the energy. He brings the emotion. You know, he'd be perfect. I'd, I'd rather, you know, if you're going to move something, go go for that. I think that's more important position, a, a third liner that can actually bring some energy. You know, the goaltender, uh, like I said, Matt Murray wins Stanley Cups, you know. Yeah, I think I, I love Gallagher too. I guess the only issue there, like it's six and a half million for another, uh, how many years? Several more years until 2027. Yeah, so he's got you, a lot could, of wear and tear for sure. Yeah, could you have that much money? Could you pay Gallagher more than Hyman and Nuge for, you know? <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> well, then, then see if, see if they'll, they'll let go. Uh, if Shea Weber's going to come out of retirement, bring him here. Well, just Have use him and put him on LTIR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. The, There's do the Sergachev thing. Right on. Yeah, and then just play in the playoffs. That's all we need him for. Thanks, Daniel. All right. Thanks, oh. Reed. Okay, I got to. Uh, I, I want to get that Brian Wilde interview in because, like I said, I taped with Brian uh, this afternoon before he was going to the. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. To cover the game. So we'll take a timeout and he'll give you the full overview of what's wrong with the Canadians. Bergevin out in Montreal. A lot has gone wrong for the Habs. And what's next to discuss Brian Wild from Global Montreal. Brian, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. It's been busy. And uh, that's exciting because it means I don't have to worry about how the hockey team is doing. Because they're doing so badly. It's nice to not have to worry about the hockey team. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, they're not doing great, which of course led to the big changes over the weekend. Man, oh man. You and I have done several Canadians interviews over the last few years, and um, the man at the center of many of them has been Mark Bergevin, who never shied away from making a big move, sometimes even a controversial move. And now he's been dismissed, a a year in which I look at it and say, well, wait a minute, there's a couple guys who are pretty significant who haven't been playing. Is that the GM's fault after all this? So how how do you break down this dismissal here? Well, I think it's because... You know, if he's a cat's got nine lives, he used all nine of them up. And the analogy we use for head coaches is how many, or pardon me, general managers is how many head coaches do you get to fire before your time is up? That's sort of like the nine lives scenario, right? So, I mean, he's, he's made it through some coaches and I think he just used up all of his lives. And so the next time that they needed to draft top three or top five or top 10, uh, it just showed that whatever he's trying to do, it's not sustainable. If you have to draft three, three, nine, and this year it's looking like anywhere from one to five, every two, three years of your 10-year ten ten, uh, tenure, 
you're clearly making mistakes. You're, you're not creating a sustainable product. And I think Jeff Molson finally said, that's enough. We got to hit the refresh button here. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the draft side of it. And yeah, along the way, there have been some Canadians draft picks taken pretty high in the draft, but how, how would you sum up Bergevin's draft history? You know, whether or not he hit on first rounders or, or not, you know what I mean? Would you say he was a, a, a good drafting general? And I know there's other people that go into this as well, but how would you sum up his draft record? Uh, well, not very good. You know, I, I mean, it's uh, drafting is so much second guessing though. I mean, here's an example, the Alex Galchenyuk year, right? They took him at three and then one should say here that that didn't really pan out. Right. But by the same token, if let's say you say Morgan Riley was the best pick at five. And I think most people agree he was at the five spot. Well, Yakupov was one. So, I mean, that was a big one, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Murray was two in Columbus. Uh, he didn't really work out, right? Galchenyuk, he had a couple of good seasons, but he really didn't work out. And Griffin Reinhardt, Reinhardt really didn't work out. So, I mean, that was a key year, and it didn't really work out. And then Kotkiniemi's year, he took him at three. He, you know, burst onto the scene, so you didn't really get to see him much. He did well at the U18s for Finland. But Brady Kachuk was the choice there, I think, at four. So they kind of blew that one. Uh, at nine, one year, another top 10, it was Sergachev, but they traded him away because uh, they didn't like his attitude very much for Drouin, and that didn't work out. So, and then after the 10 spot at around 15 through 30, Reed, it's, it's a 50 50 prop. So anybody that fails there, they could fail just as easily as succeed. And people don't really know that, that, you know, the draft after 15, 50% of the time you land and 50% of the time you fail. And they got some failures in there, like everybody. So the draft overall, not really good. good. All right. So that's Mark Bergevin. So now what happens next? Tell me a little bit about Jeff Gordon coming in and how you expect well, maybe that's kind of a big question, but I'll ask it that way. How, no, how you fine. expect his business to proceed here? Well, you know, Jeff Molson today, when he did his uh, press conference, he indicated that the organization is ready for a big rebuild and they're not afraid of it. And I think that's the first time I ever heard the organization speak those words. And that's exactly what they need. Um, they have just done it in a reset sort of way that is not sustainable. And Jeff Gordon is the guy to bring in. He did that well in Boston around 2006. He did that well in 2018 for the Rangers. I think he's a really good addition. I'm very pleased for the organization that they've chosen him. Uh, you look at what he did in his early days for Boston. Raycroft for Rask was a stroke of genius. Everybody thought it was dumb at the time. Raycroft was done soon. Rask ended up being a decade-long star. He built the uh, draft that one year through Brad Marchand, who ended up being a real sleeper genius. And then for the Rangers, he got Adam Fox, who ended up winning a Norris. And for, for these parts, when Mark Bergevin has basically loved only the picture of Dorian Gray himself, who was a stay-at-home defenseman and never liked puck movers, never fought for them. You got a guy who showed in acquiring Adam Fox that he wants puck-moving defensemen, and he wants the hockey to be played in the other zone with the puck mover moving it up ice 
and then sustaining it in the offensive zone. So I think Gordon's a, a brilliant choice, and uh, I'm very optimistic that he can turn this around. And I'm very optimistic that they're going to do a real rebuild first. And the only time I can remember since covering the team since 1997. Brian Wild from Global Montreal joining us tonight at Inside Sports. So the Canadians are 6-15 and 2. That's a 304 points percentage. Yeah, that's bad. 48 uh, points they're on pace for. Yeah. Is there anybody is there anybody that's untouchable on this roster if they want to shake things up? Well, when you look at I love the question because when you say to yourself that you're going to do a real rebuild, that's three to five years. So everyone whose birthday in 2023 starts with a three, they're, you got to move them. They're, they're done. And that includes Carey Price. And if you want to get excited in Edmonton, uh, the Oilers are a goalie away from buying from the Stanley Cup. And Carey Price at the age of 34, if let's say 60% to 70% of his contract stays in Montreal in terms of salary, which is entirely probable and possible considering the one thing you're never in a rebuild up against is the gap. So if they absorb most of the salary, Edmonton picks up Carey Price, they could buy for a Stanley Cup. So Price, I think, moves. And that probably sounds a little wild in, in Montreal right now. But at the age of 34, what are you going to do with him at 37, 38 when you finally have a good hockey team again? Ben Sherratt will move for sure. He's an unrestricted free agent. They got a couple other UFAs that no one's going to be interested in. They're not talented enough. But anybody who starts with a three should consider themselves probably on the block. That includes Brendan Gallagher, who would be obviously a great addition somewhere. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to get some ears peaked up here about Carey <laughs> Price. Cause, you know, Rob and I, I get it. asked. Rob and I get asked after almost every game if the Oilers are going to get a goalie, even though Miko Koskinen is eleven and two or whatever he is now. But <laughs> that's that would be an interesting one. Uh, see, the, the thing is, though, you've got to pick up the salary. That's the most important thing. Right. I mean, you don't have any cap room, right? So, right. But the, I think it works, Reed, because when you're the Montreal Canadiens and you're unloading all of these players, what you always have in a rebuild is cap room. I mean, you want to be lousy for a couple of years, right? <laughs> so you don't even have any expensive players, right? So um, if, if it only increases the cap by a couple million, you can fit Carey Price in starting late in the year for easily, easily. But you're going to have to give something up. I mean, obviously, Carey Price, if you're going to pick up eight of the 10 million, um, Gordon's going to want something in return. Like, a, you know, and it's this is the part that they're not going to like the fan base there, like a Dylan Holloway, because the Canadians need help at center. They're once again weak there. They've been yeah. weak for 20 years. They're weak again now. Nick Suzuki is being asked to do way too much for his ability right now. Uh, Philip Deneau did a lot of good things that he got very little credit for. He's a real pest to play against. Nathan McKinney had said it. He, uh, he called Deneau the most annoying player he plays against. Uh, last year, that line of Gallagher, Tatar, and Deneau, it was 18-3 in five-on-five five goals, four against. They allowed three goals against five-on-five five the entire year. That's Christian Dvorak's first period most nights right now. <laughs> 
jeez. He's minus 16. I think he's second worst in the league. That was a bit harsh. Yeah, well, well, that's that's fine. (laughs) Got to go for the green jacket. Well, Chickren was, uh, I don't know what he is now, but a few days ago, Chickren was minus 21 when the Oilers went to Arizona. Yeah, Yeah. he was the worst, and Dvorak was second worst. Yeah, so is there a bright spot for the Habs this season? Dare I even ask that? Ah, wow. Um, I'm going to go with no. Uh, no, okay. <laughs> I, I honestly, you know what? The bright spot, it just happened. It just happened because I called for uh, Mark Benjamin to be fired on Friday. And it's the first time I ever did it. My timing was pretty good. Um, and I did it because there's a hole in his thinking and that he refuses to acknowledge that a puck moving defenseman is part and parcel, you know, like an Evan Bouchard. Uh, like a Darnell nurse, you have to get the puck out of your own zone with some flair. You can't just bang it off the glass or, you know, there's a, there's a joke that uh, is made around here that if you have only stay at home defensemen, you're going to find you stay home a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a good way to put so, it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's only natural. So, um, and he refused, he, he was Dorian Gray. He, when he was 20 years in the NHL, I mean, he was very responsible in his own end, but he did absolutely nothing in the other end. So he kind of fell in love with himself in everyone he acquired. Carl Ausner, five years, stay-at-home defenseman who, you know, was bought out. And now he puts four years into David Savard, who was a minus player in Tampa, and they won the cup. Yeah. Yeah, it seems impossible. And here he's just, uh, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, you know, as mean as I was to Vorak, I could be double mean uh, to Savard. So Benjamin had a hole and has a hole in the way he sees the game. And so I felt he should be fired for that. And he did get fired for that. And Gorton is not going to be that guy, as shown by his love for Adam Fox and acquiring him. Uh, and then suddenly he wins the Norris. So um, that's that's the great you know, that's the uh, the one shining light is uh, we get to look forward to, I think, a better future. Because I, I really like Gordon. Um, they say they're going to hire a French GM for sure, which means he'll be not experienced at the job again, which is, happens too much here when you demand that they be francophones. Uh, but if he can be insulated by Gordon, um, that could work out. And my personal favorite, just quickly, is Martin Madden in Anaheim, who uh, has been a head scout and done very nicely for Anaheim. They've had some good runs, and they've had some excellent choices through the years, and who's been an assistant GM for a couple of years there now. So if anybody's ready, I think it's him. Other names here that are uh, being bandied about are Daniel Briere, who's only worked in the ECHL so far. That's not a lot for Maine. Um, Patrick Waugh gets talked about, but he never gets far in the discussions because I think he rubs some people the wrong way and that has stuck. Uh, Matthew Darsh is picked uh, as a name sometimes. He's the assistant in Tampa, but he's only got two years under his belt under Julian Brisebois, but they did win a cup, so that always sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the, some of the names being thrown about for the uh, GM's job, and it is said that they will work completely in partnership. Good luck with that. Yeah, that's always the challenge. Right? Yeah. yeah. But well, Gordon did it with John Davidson So let's, in New York, right, before they got fired for actually standing up for a hockey player getting his head bashed against the ice. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. 
Well, you're going to be fascinating to watch, Brian. As always, I, I really appreciate your your insight, and we, you give us, uh, as always, some interesting things to chew on here on 6:30, Chad. Man, all the best. I really appreciate when you jump on the show. Absolutely, my pleasure, and good luck with the carry price, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, we did that off the top. Okay, so that that was Brian Wild. Pretty thorough stuff there about Bergeron and his drafting record and the types of players he maybe overvalued and what he thinks the Canadians should do, and he thinks they got to blow it up entirely. So that's going to be one of many storylines to follow, of course. Here's another one. TSN's Ryan Rashog reporting that Jake DeBrusque, an Edmontonian, plays for the Boston Bruins, has asked for a trade. DeBrusque camp making the request over the weekend, feeling, quote, a change of scenery moving forward would be beneficial, unquote, for the 25-year-old Edmonton native. First-round pick in 2015, three goals, six points in 17 games on the season. Has never really seemed to gel with Coach Bruce Cassidy there. So uh, Jake DeBrusque has asked for a trade out of Boston. All right, we're going to give you the news and the weather coming up at 7. Gene Principe is going to hop on a little bit later on. He spoke to Connor McDavid today. We'll tell you what they talked about. And, oh, Blake Dermott checks in. Always fun to chat some football with Blake. Coming up. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.